This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? Be? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as a mightily morbid media mogul, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Hansa Bergwall, the founder of WeCroak, which is my favorite app that I absolutely love and I talk about all the time and I post pictures of it. Every day, the app sends you five invitations to stop and think about death. The app is inspired by the Bhutanese folk saying, to be a happy person, one must contemplate death five times daily. One of the things that makes us most unhappy is we tend to get caught up in things that don't matter. Right. We tend to get caught up in an angry voice or in minutia or in stress or in tons of things that ultimately aren't that important to us. Mm-hmm. And when we remember our mortality, we can take a deep breath and just go, oh, I don't have to think about this. I don't have to engage. I don't have time for this. Bergwell says he used to struggle with tech addiction. He and his co-founder intentionally designed it to have no advertising and no social media hooks. We were looking for something to basically bring us back to Mm -hmm. ourselves. We resisted every other bell or whistle we could possibly add and got emails, by the way, from people saying, like, you're doing it wrong. You could 10x your amount of downloads (laughs) if you would just, like, have a button to, like, link it to Facebook and Twitter. And um, we were just like, okay, but we're not going to do it. We'll also talk about the problems with how most people think about their mortality and the way Silicon Valley is trying to cheat death by hacking it. Hansa, welcome to Recode Decode. Thank you so much. And actually co-founder of WeCroak. Okay. Yeah, Ian Thomas is out on the West Coast. Okay, cool. So give me your background. How, I want to know how you got to this. because It is my favorite app. It is. I talk about it all the time and I post it. The quotes are fantastic. Um, I want to sort of get a sense of the entire business um, because there's been a lot of like interesting mortality stuff going around Silicon Valley these days. They're in a much more grave, so to speak, uh, point of view lately, because there's a lot of things have not turned out as well, not obviously getting older and things like that. So talk a little bit about your background and how you got to create this. Yeah, well, it started really because I'm a meditator and have mm-hmm. been for a little while. Mm-hmm. And um, death recollection meditations uh, are just part of what meditation well, has been explain supposed that. to be about. So going way back, you know, thousands of years, this practice of have different ways of recalling your mortality and death have been part of mindfulness and meditation techniques taught in many different ways for a long time. Mm-hmm. Everything from meditating in charnel grounds, which are places where bodies decompose, right. to get a sense of, like, while you repeat mantras like, uh, you know, my body will be like that decomposing body one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also stories of, you know, the the Buddha using uh, his actual death as a teaching moment to say, hey, mm-hmm. look at me. You know, this will happen to you too. This is absolutely important. Right. And I even read um, 
you know, some old texts that stated that of the 40 different kinds of meditation, there are only two that are always beneficial. Mm -hmm. uh, the cultivation of kindness and the recollection of death. Okay. So this stuff is supposed to be central, like, mm -hmm. right, like central trunk current of Absolutely. how you do mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And so you, yet, were, you were an entrepreneur? Give me your, where were you, where are you from? I've been an entrepreneur for about six years, mm -hmm. and I have a PR business that I still have that mostly does mm -hmm. work in, like, natural foods. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a small, like, boutique agency. Natural foods, like yeah, like granola? Stuff you, like granola, stuff okay. you buy at, like, a Stuff Whole downstairs foods, at Vox Media that they exactly. give to the millennials, but go ahead. <laughs> and uh, so I have a lot of independence. Uh, and I just want to say I just got a thing from We Croak. Don't forget you're going to die open for a quote. Anyway, go ahead. That's my favorite thing. Don't forget you're going to die is my favorite thing every day. But go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so I was running my own business, was interested in all of these meditation things. And I was just like, hey, I'm not doing this. I probably should be. And no one else I know who's sort of on this sort of bandwagon of mindfulness is talking about death. Mm -hmm. This seems like it's a problem. Why, why was that? Why? Because it's not—mindfulness is more the calm meditations, the— Yeah, I just think, you know, sometimes when things hop cultures and go from one place to another, we sort of take what we're most comfortable with and mm -hmm. leave out the rest. That's right. pretty natural. But, you know, the risk of that is sometimes you leave out one of the most important pieces. Right, right, absolutely. So anyway, so you were doing this PR firm. And I was just really interested in this stuff. Uh, I came across the Bhutanese formulation, which seemed really simple and programmable, which mm -hmm. is just think about it five times a day. Right. Sounded like a lot, but it Explain sounded that. achievable. Explain the Bhutanese things people don't. I just want to say the quote I just got, which is one of my favorites. I've gotten it before. Trying to remember you is like carrying water in my hands a long distance. I feel like that about a lot of people. Stephen Dobbins. <laughs> that's not a death quote per se. So I want to talk about this in a minute. It's a relationship uh, kind of. Yeah, that's from a, a poem about grief. Yeah. It, oh, it is. That's right. It's a longer poem. So talk a little bit about the, the Bhutan, the concept of Bhutan. Explain that to. So it's a, just what I liked about it is this was like a folk saying for everybody, like mm -hmm. not just for monks or serious meditators. Just if you want to be a happy person, do this five times a day. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to me like, hey, they're making um a claim on truth here, like right. this works. And explain why you think that is. Because, I mean, it's it's the saying, like, if you want to be happy, think about this five times a day. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, why do I think that makes people happy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, because one of the things that makes us most unhappy is we tend to get caught up in things that don't matter. Right. We tend to get caught up in an angry voice or in minutia or in stress or in tons of things that ultimately aren't that important to us. Mm -hmm. And when we remember our mortality, we can take a deep breath and just go, oh, right. I don't have to think about this. I don't have to engage. I don't have time for this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and move on. It's just right. a little way of making a micro adjustment so that your whole day, which remember is one of your limited days on earth, mm -hmm. isn't taking it up with um, BS. Right, right. So you, um, you, you, you saw the saying and then how did you get it into an app form? Well, uh, Ian, my co-founder, uh, rented my room on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And he's an app developer, and I'd had this idea for an app since, you know, for a little while, but mm -hmm. I'm not in the tech world, uh, or at least I wasn't until we made this together. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one evening when we were sitting around the kitchen table— So he was visiting from somewhere? just From California. Right. Okay, so he was working here. Uh, I told him the idea mm -hmm. and asked if he wanted to do it with me, and he said yes. It was <laughs> one of those weird <laughs> magical things this that just perfect. happens in life. Yeah. Okay, and so he said, yes, I'll make this for you, and— how did you conceive of it? How did I conceive yeah. of it? How did you guys do it together then? So you decide to do it together. Yeah, we decided to do it together. We 
talked about it around the kitchen table. And at first, this is like a project, something we wanted on our phones to correct mm-hmm. our own bias toward not remembering that death is real, that it can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, like, we wanted a tool. You know, we were, I was personally angry at my phone for constantly distracting me mm-hmm. with addictive technologies and wanted to, knew I wasn't going to give up my phone and wanted to, like, fight back. And mm-hmm. he was into that idea, too. And so we just came up with the product that we thought would work for us, mm-hmm. you know, like incessant, constant reminders uh, that can happen at any time, just like death. And a nice quote to remember that it's also much bigger than just, you know, a folk saying from Bhutan. Like people have been confronting their mortality all over the world mm-hmm. in different ways for thousands of years. So right. we would include quotes from anyone we thought said something wise. So about how do you that. talk about how you find the quotes? So, so very so just so people who haven't used it, it's called Weak Rook. It's it just pops up uh, it pops up a, a reminder that you're gonna die, first of all, at any time. By the way, it doesn't have a like, it doesn't have a time thing, does it? It's between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. Right. So you're not going to get them at 4 in the morning. Yeah. But within that, those parameters, anytime. Anytime. It can come very quickly, too. Mm-hmm. Like, one can come after the next, which I think is very funny. Because sometimes I get two in a row, and I'm like, what's going on with that? And, and But you don't. it just doesn't have any rhyme or reason in that way. No, it's randomized. Randomized. On purpose. Right. Because death can come at any time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it pops up first with a reminder. It says you're you're going to die which is always like, when people see it on my phone, they're like, Kara, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to die, um, which I think is really a fun idea to think about. Um, and then it pops up with a quote. So talk about the quotes, because they're wonderful quotes. They're, you, you recycle a bunch of them, but you use, new, there's always a new one. And so how do you manage that? And how do you think about it? Because they're not all about death. Yeah. Uh, well, they're all in some way, at least in my mind, about impermanence mm-hmm. and you know how everything's always changing, which is right. ultimately what death recollection is sure. supposed to be about. Sure. And I guess I read a lot. It's just one, one of the things I do. So I'm constantly mm-hmm. looking for good quotes. Right. And uh, I use the Emily Dickinson sort of test, which is if it hits <laughs> me once, like it feels like it takes the top of my head off, then right. it, it can go in the app. And if All I, right. If it doesn't do that, then I don't Wait, what's it the in. Emily Dickinson? It's just like, I know it's poetry if it like takes the top of my head sure. clear off. clear you know, off, like, okay. You know, right. just really So you pick them yourselves. Impact. I do, yeah. Okay, so you pick them yourselves and then you add them in. We have a, on our website a, a suggestion mm-hmm. tab too. So if you and people know send them. Ones, oh, yeah. I got lots of good death quotes. Are you kidding? I like, I collect them. I yeah, collect them. anytime. I'm I'll always send you looking for them. more. Okay, good. So then you they, they pop up and you you decided to make it co- people pay 99 cents for it. Right. We did, yeah. That's just because when we were launching this, we weren't sure like what kind of effect it would have on people. No one had ever done anything like this. Mm-hmm. So did you just, do any research whatsoever? Um, on we death did, things. We there aren't a, any. There aren't there. There's we not did that a many. lot of research. I did a lot of research on death recollection practices, of mm-hmm. which there are hundreds around right, the world. Sure. Uh, and just chose one to go with. Uh, I didn't. Like do market research or anything. Right, that's like what that. none of that. No, none of that. Just like there aren't any. There really aren't. I actually have looked for them. It's a really interesting thing. Years ago, when um, I forget it was Meg Whitman, someone had a new job. I'm like, really, what you should do is funeral.com and like do help people make people memorialize people. Someday you're going to be want to be memorialized online, and all of your things that you put up need to be part of like a grave area. And she thought it was crazy, but. And she moved on and did eBay, but um, and that worked out well for her. But um, <laughs> but so you you decided to put in the App Store. You had not had any experience with the App Store, correct? Uh, Ian, my co-founder, had launched apps before, okay. so he did all the coding and walked me through that process. Uh-huh. I picked every quote and 
uh, figured out how, how to do the storytelling because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And then you launched it. How, when did you launch it? How long ago? Uh, it was August of 2017 is when it was sort of on our phones and working. Right. And you, why did you call it We Croak? It was funny. <laughs> it was really? Yeah, just... it's just a pun, you know. Um, and the frog? Honestly, we were just looking for something that wasn't like a somber sort of cliche death, sort of a new right. death what image or metaphor. What were some of the other names? It was really always you we die. Croak. <laughs> was it? You die. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, we just didn't want to have like a Grim Reaper on the top. We wanted right, something right. like that felt and the different fro- and fresh. And the frog just because of we croak. Yeah, it's a poison dart frog. It could kill you, you know, uh-huh. so it's yeah. nature's own symbolism. We think it works. Okay, all right. So you launch this thing and what happens? Well, at first, it's, you know, 80 of us, like our friends and mm-hmm. maybe some friends of friends using it, right? enjoying it, working with it. And then, you know— and 99 cents, you decided to charge, right? Just yeah, like, just we wanted the people on it to at least think once, like, do right. I really want this? Right. Like, you know, just to be sure. Sure. And uh, that was that for, you know, a few months. And then I spoke to this journalist, uh, Bianca Bosker, over at The Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she decided to give it a try for a couple months. And, mm-hmm. you know, I— I had no idea what she would do with it. I thought maybe it would be like on a, in a bigger roundup or something like that. But it ended up being like a two-page review all about the experience and sort of what it was like to have tech that sort of puts you back on track rather than takes you off, mm-hmm. that uh, doesn't try to distract you at all. Mm-hmm. We don't like link to social media or have any right. sort of I want to talk other about things that next. to do, Yeah, which was very intentional in the design because we were looking for something to basically bring us back to mm-hmm. ourselves and mm-hmm. our, like, power of decision-making. It doesn't do anything. Making. It doesn't do... No. Yeah. We yeah. resisted every other bell or whistle we could possibly add and got emails, by the way, from people saying, like, you're doing it wrong. You could 10x your, you know, amount of downloads <laughs> of if you would just, like, have a button to, like, link it to Facebook and Twitter. And, yeah. Um, and we were just like, okay, but we're not going to do it. We're here with Hansa Bergwald, the co-founder of WeCroak. After a quick break, we'll talk about tech addiction and the problems of how most of us talk about death. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance... Who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are an APY. APY can change at any time. We're here with Hansa Bergwall. He's the co-founder of WeCroak, which is my n- number one app. I have to say, it really is. I like, I love Twitter. You know how much I love the Twitter. I actually put put WeCroak. I'm sorry, I do so much uh, flacking for you, but I love it so much. Um, so the the idea of not doing anything with it, this, there's a big you know trend of this idea of people getting off their phones or not using their phones. Kevin Roos just wrote a great story about trying to get away from it, and there's all kinds of things to do to be more measured uh, with with the 
way we're doing it. But you guys decided to use an app to do this because you use your phones, right? Can you talk a little bit about that thought? Because I want to talk about why you didn't add more bells and whistles and where it goes. But the, you're using a phone to take people away from phones, correct? You know, I had have struggled over the years with, you know, iPhone addiction or mm-hmm. something. Like, I don't know if that's the right word for it. But mm-hmm. just, you know, noticing that I'm spending way too much time on sure. a stupid game or on one of the social media apps mm-hmm. or you know, who knows what can be really distracting. And sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it's really not. It's not how I plan to use my day. So I wanted something that would occasionally, at a time I couldn't expect, just sort of ping me. And I didn't want it to be like, okay, time for a long, deep breath. Like, I, I really hate people telling me what <laughs> to do. It's on the iPhone, uh, on the phone. I hate that watch. I just, I can't with that. Stand up. No, I shall not. So, so actually, this was, you know... a a better way I thought to do it. It's just like tell you something that's always true and always relevant. You are going to die. And if you like what you're doing in that moment, then great. Pat yourself on the back. It's your choice. And if you don't like where you are at that moment, you know, it's time for a little adjustment. Like Mm -hmm. put the phone down or change it up. Take a walk. You know, do whatever you want. It's up to you. No. One thing you don't do is all is give suggestions. Never. Because you could have. Like that's a very good point where if you have someone's attention for a second, why don't you do this? A lot of them are very prescriptive, a lot of these apps. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It rankles me. Uh, It rankles you. (laughs) Like I don't I don't want some (laughs) app. I don't want like an algorithm telling me what to do. Right, right. To get up or do anything. So you don't you don't give suggestions, adjust the quotes, and then you also the the linking. Talk a little bit more about that because again, that's people wanna grow bigger. I'd love to get an idea of how big you, how people use it. I'm trying to make it bigger. I want people to use it. Well, 75,000 people have downloaded it. Uh-huh. We get about uh, like twelve to 15,000 on it every day, mm-hmm. um, about 25, 30 on it every month. So a lot of people love it and some mm-hmm. people try it and don't keep using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of the last year, we've you know sent 25 million reminders that everyone is mortal and going mm-hmm. to die. So that's that feels really, really cool. So it is growing. We've still spent no dollars on marketing. advertising or marketing whatsoever, yeah. just our time talking about it. Right. And it keeps growing, you know, because I think there is at least a core of people that love it and want to share it. So talk about this concept of the the idea of, of mortality, because one of the things, obviously, the most famous, one of the most famous speeches about that is Steve Jobs, um, his speech about mortality, about dying. Yeah, of course. I have that uh, quote in that. Yes, app. you do. You do. And there's lots of them. That whole speech has like 20 quotes if you wanted to pick any of them. But he talks, that his famous quote is, remembering he's going to die is the single most motivating thing of his life. You know, here's a man who was at the time dying and and actually recovered that time and then got sick again. But it was a really interesting speech and surprising for people from him. Yeah, well, I... Agree with him, first of all. Uh, I find it very clarifying for me as I go about and try to make decisions about what's important to me, how I'm going to use my day and my time, how to have a little bit more courage and let go of like the fear of like, hey, I'm going to you know reach out to this person. Or mm-hmm. you know, I started a, a week rook podcast, so I reach out to people all the time who are more famous and have more books and are mm-hmm. more interesting to me. And it's just it helps mm-hmm. to cut away um, the things that don't matter and just go after what I do care about. Mm-hmm. And when you when you think about that, then you started a podcast. Talk about that. You're, you're, you talk about death with people or yeah. death experiences. There's a lot of great uh, books from people in hospice, palliative care. The, the theme of the podcast is actually, you know, all the things we don't talk about enough, starting with death and then, but not ending there. So mm-hmm. really just we're 
uh, and on it, there's a lot of people who've written books about palliative care or hospice or done meditation or in philosophy or mm-hmm. history. It's It's been really fun. Mm-hmm. And why do you think people don't think about it a lot, talk about it? There's a lot of books about it and everyone does die. But what, why do you think that is? Oh, there's a deep-seated uh, aversion to thinking about death in mm-hmm. our brains that seems to be recurring in every single generation. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably built into our biology. And the problem with it is that it's sort of a first delusion mm-hmm. that a lot of other things are built on. Uh, so, Explain that. What do you mean? Well, when we try to manage our fear of death by saying, yeah, but I'm not going to die till I'm 90. Let's say mm-hmm. that's a pretty common negotiation where people forget, like, it could be tomorrow right? or it could be later today. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, life isn't urgent. right? And you might not notice that you've gotten caught in a rut in a job that you hate or in a relationship that isn't right for you or mm-hmm. are doing something really unethical and keep doing it because you're not really thinking about your time being precious or valuable or important. And so all these other little negotiations that we make sort of are built upon that first that first lie Mm-hmm. that our time isn't important and doesn't matter and that it isn't precious. Mm-hmm. So if we can cut down to that one, we can start breaking away all the ones on top. Like mm-hmm. We don't really know all the ways, you know, you can start believing things about life that aren't true, but we can be pretty sure that you're going to start trying to manage, you know, your fear of death by making up little negotiations with it. And if mm-hmm. we can cut to that, we can cut a lot of the frankly, uh, diluted ideas no, just I would circulating agree with you widely know, I mean, it's one of the themes I talk about a lot. It's like, why do you do things? I'm like, I'm going to die. That's why. You know, you tend to, you tend to uh, understand. It, you, you don't have time. You don't have time. It was odd. I took my son to see Hamilton last night, and that was a theme in that, which is a, re- it's a very strong theme, and I hadn't realized it until I saw it. As, I'd seen it before. But the second time is that he's, he writes like he has no time or he's running out of time, and that's clear in his life, you know, because maybe he didn't know that he was going to die as he did at a younger age and of a duel, of all things. But although when you're going to a duel, you kind of have to assume you could be dying, I guess. But the concept of, of running out of time is one that is is not comfortable for people. They don't like to talk about it. They don't tend to dwell on it and lose themselves in other things. No, but the thing is, when you avoid thinking about it, you know, the consequences are usually way worse than, you know, trying to remind yourself what's real. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, I've personally been stuck in job ruts or in my life ruts for, you know, years of my life. And Mm -hmm. they're awful. I think back to like whole years of my 20s and I'm like, wow, I wish I could have used that time a lot better. (laughs) I didn't have this tool yet. It's true. At least I have it now. I'm not going to do that again. Right. All right. So when you're, let's go back to the tool. So you have the podcast where you're talking about that. And discussing death. Is it hard to get advertising for that? I'm just curious. Uh, there's no advertising. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon. So if you like the podcast, you can go on there. But uh, yeah, we're... We'd like to talk about death, Casper Mattress. You'll be not lying on this mattress someday. We... This mattress will outlive you. <laughs> <laughs> I could be the end. Yeah. I'm going to do that for my Casper <laughs> This mattress will be around very long after you're gone, probably forever. Because it's made of who knows what, that kind of stuff. So you're doing the podcast. Where do you have to go with this business, with the concept? The, the, where do you, you just want to just make it. That's it. It's just you leave it on and you put, it's, you spend time on it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's a passion project. I love it. You know, Ian, my co-founder, loves it. Uh, we still have our day jobs, mostly because we haven't really thought too hard yet about, you know, 
how are we going to monetize this? Mm-hmm. Like, we we might do that discussion. one day in order to like <laughs> yeah. spend more time on it. But right now it feels really good to have freedom. Mm-hmm. Like people don't remember how wonderful that particular yeah. value can be sometimes. Sure. But, you know, we don't have investors. We don't have any other pressure besides Ooh. yeah, it doesn't cost anything. Uh, making it something we love. Mm-hmm. So that gives us incredible freedom to not link to social media, to not have advertising, to not do any of the compromises that, frankly, a lot of other companies have to make. I couldn't even think how you could do advertising on that. I guess it could flash in there, like an ad for something. Yeah, there were there were lots of people telling us we should, and we didn't. <laughs> right, that you see the quote, and then you see an ad. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'd want there. It'd be so offensive. Like, whatever it was, I'd hate them. It would them. be a terrible idea. It would be a terrible idea. But I guess you could link to meditation apps, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess. it's nice not having that pressure right, right now. We, right. We, we know we're never going to have ads on there. Just right, because right. as soon as you have an incentive to make people buy things through ads, you have an incentive to make them spend more time on it, mm-hmm. to sort of hook their attention mm-hmm. in ways that, um, you know, I do marketing for a living, so I know but like, the psychology social, of But why not get it. it on social media? You don't want people to share that they're thinking about death? Well, people do, and they take screenshots, yeah, and that's, that's fine. Um, and we love it when they do. But it's more a matter of... We know what social media is. It's addictive. It's not really a safe place. Mm-hmm. If you feel safe there, great. Take it there. But we're not going to make a button encouraging you to do that because we take the responsibility like of reminding people of their mortality, which is a vulnerable thing, seriously. Mm-hmm. So we remind people, we give them a quote, and then we don't encourage them to do anything else. Um, we encourage them to just have a moment in the app doing whatever they want, and then they close it. We're proud of that most of the people who even, you know, open it five times a day spend less than two minutes in the app total per day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Like we're we're not we're trying to like give you like a little reminder that like live what's important to you. And then that's it. We're not gonna push you into some like other action. Twitter hole where you're spending an hour <laughs> responding to people or searching hashtags. If you wanna go there, fine. <laughs> we're not gonna Push Take you in that you direction. No. So, so the business just doesn't have to go anywhere. It just has to. People just have to use it, right? That's all. I love this. this is my favorite app now. You're now my absolute favorite app <laughs> because it is. It's like that. It's a, there's no other reason for it than just. It's like looking at a rock garden, kind of thing. You know, um, I'll, I'll share something personal. In that, uh, my mother passed away of an aneurysm when I was 11. Oh, my father did of when I was five. Yeah, I read that in yeah, your uh, yeah. New York Times article, so mm-hmm. I knew we shared that. So, sort of the any timeness of death, which is one of its qualities, mm-hmm. is always sort of haunted me in the sense that you know, no matter how much I got caught up in life, part of me would always feel like this is kind of phony. Like it could mm-hmm. all come crashing down because I right. knew it could. There's right. a part of me, very right. traumatized little boy, that that could feel that. Right. And so, you know, just as I became an adult and got interested in that, it just became an important value to remember that mm-hmm. and to remind— No, it's a key value. For people who have lost parents at a young age, there's all kinds of— there's some interesting studies and books on that topic. A lot of people become highly functional, and you've heard just very—nothing mm-hmm. bothers them kind of thing. And the other thing is they do have a bigger sense that disaster is afoot, not in a morbid way. It's, a bit, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people— because um, I talk about it a lot, I think I think you should I actually think you should think about death all the time, and um, or you, it should be a daily a daily reminder at least for you for you. And people always call me morbid or why are you so death oriented? I'm like I'm not. I don't want to die. Yeah. So it's you know it's like like you. It's one of the more like important things in my heart. That like mm-hmm. if I can tell people one thing that's helped me, it's like your life is precious. Mm-hmm. You know, like remember that because mm-hmm. it's it's going to end one day and it could be any day. Right. 
And one of the magical things about technology is that's not just like some sentimental wish I have in my heart. I actually get to do it. Right. You know, 25 million reminders in the last year. Right, you know, right. Like it just, it happens now, sort of on command through the magic of technology. Sure. And that's really cool. We're here with Hansa Bergwald, the co-founder of WeCroak. We're going to take another quick break now, but after this, we'll talk about the ways Silicon Valley is trying to cheat death and what he'd like to see them do instead. We're here with Hansa Bergwald. He's the founder of WeCroak, my favorite app, which is an app that you pay 99 cents for, and it sends you five very simple invitations to stop and think about death. There's no social media attached to it. There's no advertising. There's no nothing. It's just one quote that pops and a reminder that pops up on your uh, phone that says you're going to die, and then you read the quote, which is usually pretty amazing. They're pretty amazing quotes, and I want to go over a few of them in a minute. But what's going on in Silicon Valley now is really interesting is this concept that you don't have to die. Yeah, Tell me what you think of that. You're not an expert on this, but certainly. I thought about it, though, and they are investing billions or hundreds of millions mm-hmm. in, this, in this concept. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's always going to be a dangerous delusion, I think. The yep. minute you um, make an excuse that death can't happen at any time, a lot of really uh, uh, harmful frames of mind start really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just, you don't remember the urgency of time. You don't, you might not hold yourself as accountable to yourself and to others. There's just all these kinds of suffering that come from the idea that you can control death. Right. Um, So I believe that strongly. And insofar as, you know, these technologies, you know, are marketed as ways that you don't have to worry about death anymore, um, I think that's harmful. And, you know, the scientific method is such that, you know, we're definitely going to have you know, more life extension probably. Right, it's called health care. Yeah. That you live longer and you also live more healthfully toward the end of your life, which is not a bad thing. That's not the worst no, thing. No, but it's never going to be foolproof. Right. Uh, and it's it's never going to um, change, like, the nature of the world that you could die at any time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and to be frank, you know, we've already had lots of, like, life extension. You know, we the average life span used to be, like, 40, and now it's twice that. Right. And, you know, we don't know how to use that time well. Mm-hmm. Like our, our mortality rate in the United States is starting to tick down precisely because of things like uh, addiction, depression, suicide are apparently the things driving it down. Mm-hmm. So we don't really even know how to use the extra time we have now right. per se. Like we have a, a crisis on our hands and I don't really see how pushing that line out further is going right. to help us do Without that. That accompany it with something to do with it. That's that's ab- absolutely right. The point. other thing that, that bothers me about, you know, marketing sort of you don't have to worry about death anymore technology to people is it's just I don't even really think they're asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at let's say they can turn off a gene that makes us age or make it go much slower, like beech trees or something, like a living organism. It's a word I know now, which I don't believe I do. That can live 500 years. Right. You know, when you look at those living beings that can live much longer than we do, they live in a particular way. You know, they take care of each other. Mm -hmm. um, They're highly networked. They're world builders, basically, where they change the atmosphere and the temperatures and the the amount of, like, winds that whip through. It makes it a more temperate, easier to live existence. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you never hear about, like, how we're making the world much safer for everyone, you know, combating climate change, because we're kind of world builders too, and we're making the world much less uh, stable Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of our environment, our climate, and, um, 
frankly, like inequality problems of social kind of things. So the world we're building right now and that Silicon Valley is building at these investors I hear investing in this are building mm-hmm. are not making it a place where you can have a lot of assurance that you're going to live forever or right. for hundreds of years. Why do you think that's attractive to the tech people? Why, why do you, it is. They do talk about it a lot. Again, they do discuss it, or le- especially life extension things, but in terms of this idea that they're meditating and they're part of a, you know, a greater whole, then they don't live it. That's my... They talk about it a lot, but they don't live it in any way. Why do they talk a lot about... The concepts of, like, the concepts of meditation, of life extension, with hacking death, hacking the body, hacking everything. Well, remember, every kind of meditation can be abused except for kindness and death recollection. Mm -hmm. So they've created an extremely stressful work environment where I've heard from friends, people are working like Mm -hmm. 60, 80 plus hours a week. So meditation becomes how you cope in an environment like that. You know, you basically can work longer, an insane job, rather than realizing this is an unsustainable situation for a human and quitting. Mm -hmm. So I think you know, meditation is often being abused in that mm-hmm. context to get people to stay in places that no human should really have to do. Right, right, yeah. So talk about where med- you didn't do, an, you do meditation, you didn't do a meditation. Are you thinking of doing other kinds of apps in that regard that are to pull people from things or not at all? This is just a one-off. Uh, we have a few ideas we've been talking about. It's kind of one thing at a time. There's uh, I'm working on a book right now and, uh-huh. you know, the podcast. So uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do have some ideas but want to make sure it's really as like... What, what would you like to see tech do more of? Given these things are in your pocket, people, they are reminders. There's, you know, there used to be worry beads or there used to be all kinds of ways people were reminded of things, of, of all kinds of ways to stop for a second. Well, one, I think, you know, we need to remember we're going to die and think, is this spot I am today where I really should be? Am I living my best values? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, we're not, what changes can we make? It's urgent. <laughs> right. You know, if you were, if they were going to write your obituary tomorrow, would you be happy with what they said? You know, that's that's an important question. Mm-hmm. And uh, with what you built, uh, I think that's really important. So in a lot of ways, you know, the message I have for Silicon Valley, and it is an app, so it is sort of a message to them. Because, you know, when I was working on it, when Ian was working on it, we were a little angry at them for... Mm-hmm creating so much addictive technology that Mm -hmm. was getting us off track and making us feel bad about ourselves and our friends and stuff. Right. As far as what's next, we'll we'll see. You know, it's it's definitely going to be, you know, in this sort of direction of a little bit more provocative than, let's say, like the Calm meditation app. You yes, know, please do. <laughs> we're, we we're more a into death countdown. <laughs> what about that? Uh, people have them. Um, they are popular. I've seen them. I don't. They're, um, they're not quite right. The the issue I have with them is I think that once again, that's the any timeness of death is what they forget. Yes. They assume you're going to have a natural human lifespan. Right. And I think that is one of the more common delusions that we carry right. about death. Right. So if you're a certain age, you're going to live till 80.4 or whatever, 86 point. They are useful in sort of mapping out what you could have. You right. know, and seeing like, oh, wow, this really is limited. Like right. the max span I could have is like mm-hmm. this many weeks and it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like that many. Right. But we don't have a countdown because we think it could, it's a little dicey in that that right. one important piece. Right, right. That you're not as safe as you think you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always tell them that. And they don't listen. They don't listen. That's okay. Do you think that they, the, the, I always thought that the death of Steve Jobs would have an impact on them in a way that, you know, a more profound way, but it actually sped everything up in a, in a different context. Like it didn't slow things down. And this is the person who sort of gave us the iPhone or got us there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know these people and I don't, mm-hmm. 
like haven't looked into their souls like you have, Kara. <laughs> I don't so, look into their souls. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be looking a long time. <laughs> you know, I just think they have a lot of incentives that are pretty powerful on the brain, like billions and billions and I guess trillions of dollars are what these companies are worth yes. now. And, you know, it creates a lot of incentive to um, to keep that that going and that can compromise you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I have to list here all the like the problematic things that Facebook and some of these other big tech companies have done. And um, the thing is, it's pretty predictable that huge pressures like that get you off track. That's right. And that's why you need to remember you're going to die to sort of cut away the the bullshit so that you can take a stand and do something courageous. Right. And, you know, maybe make a choice that's right rather than profitable. That's right. No. They're not going to do that. Huh? I mean, I'm not holding my breath, but <laughs> <laughs> that is like the... They could do basic designs on these things, on these phones. Oh, you yeah. You're not in your Uber I mean, app all the time. It could be in the front versus we, some others. We croak as proof you can design an app to, that you don't stay in all day. Right, absolutely. And that people can still value it and like it and tell right. their friends. Right, no, 100%. Um, we designed it to, you know, to do the opposite, and it works. Have you thought of audio or video or anything else? Just the quotes. Uh, we have thought about it. Uh, we don't have the uh, <laughs> the the money to do it. The money to do it, right? Right, now. right. It I, would be fun. To what like, would you What could you do? Like a, oh, a speech? You could pieces of a speech. So people listen to things. Oh, there's a lot of different things we yeah, could do. Yeah, you could do. Um, I think we've of that. Thought about it um, from you know everything from guided meditations to talks to looking at you know different like impermanence reminders and mm-hmm. cultural things. There's, right. There's there's cool content yeah. you could do, but yep. Right now, it's just words. Yeah, so I'm going to read some of your quotes. So tell me why you put this one in. Once we've accepted the story, we cannot escape the story's fate from P.L. Travers. What a great quote. You know, it's P.L. Travers is, is a writer, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all stories end in death. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like an important point to always keep in mind as you're living your story. Mm-hmm. You know, like it comes to an end. right. Right, and also that you should change. If you accept the story you're in, mm-hmm. that's the fate you get. Um, here's another one. <laughs> my There's another good one. David Sedaris, if you're looking for sympathy, you'll find it between shit and syphilis in the dictionary. <laughs> That's not death exactly, but just funny. <laughs> well, no, because when people get morbid or something like that, they think like, oh, poor me. Like, right. I have to die or right. so-and-so. It's just death is, is normal. Like everyone has to go through it. Yeah. And you got to remember that. You know, this isn't, the world singling you out. It's like, no. it's just part of the story. Yeah. And there's a problem in our culture where uh, people going through a big impermanence moment, let's say a, someone in their family dying, like a spouse sure. or a child, they get shunned. And I, I hear from these people because they write me and they say, I'm using your app to like help me grieve the death of my son. And like, people aren't talking to me anymore. Like, right. People don't know what to no. say. Right. And, uh, you know, we actually ostracize people yes. having Charles a very Sandberg normal... Yes, actually wrote about that in her book, this idea of people not speaking to her grief about experience. Dying. Yeah. So it's important to remember that, you know, this is for everybody. You are not alone. If you right. go through this, so will everyone else, even if they're being, like, mean to you because they don't know what to say. Like, they're going to go through this too. Like, this is everybody. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, I was, I was some of the mud that got to sit up and look around. Lucky me, lucky mud. <laughs> Why that one? That was a good one. That's about life. Yeah, I That's mean, about living your life. We're uh, all made from the same things, you know, the mud of this earth and animated. And it seems right. like, you know, we're here for a short time. We get to be us. That's what's our fortune that we do get to have this day alive. Yep. 
Absolutely. Same with tomorrow is tomorrow. Future cares have future cures, and we must mind today. Sophocles. Yep, always fun to go back to the ancient Greeks and uh, Romans. Ancient Greeks, you got a lot of those. You, do. You, do you have any one that you just go anywhere, you find quotes? You had Mary Oliver. Oh, just we recently. have we have drag queens, we have comedians, we have yeah. activists, yeah. we have anyone we thought said something wise about impermanence or death and really trying to find something from one, every continent, my, find something my from every culture. used to say a lot, but I think it's from someone. The graveyards are full of busy people. Oh, that's a good one. I know, right? I got to find out where it's from. That's you sh- I'm going to send you that when I find out. I love that one. Whenever I wouldn't go visit her, she'd say, the graveyards are full of busy people. Yeah, in terms of the, <laughs> the, the quote selection, uh, we'll take them from absolutely okay. anywhere. The one thing is we talk about death. We don't talk about afterlife. Right. Um, you don't. You're never. right. I hadn't thought about that. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, Explain, please. I do believe, you know, it's perfectly worthwhile to ask these deep questions in your own like faith community. Mm-hmm. You know, once we start talking about afterlife, we start to tribalize again mm-hmm. into different groups who disagree. But the moment of death is something we absolutely all share. And uh, it can open up a lot of like compassion and common feeling mm-hmm. of like, you know, how we're all the same. And right. that's, I think we need more togetherness in this little, world. So that's what I'm interested that's really in. That's really smart. One from Wallace Stevens, the way through the world is more difficult than the way beyond it. And then, of course, Charles Bukowski, who's just a piece of work. We're all going to die, all of us. What a circus. That alone should make us love each other. But it doesn't. <laughs> but it does, actually. It when doesn't. we remember to think about it, yeah, it but does. Yeah, we don't. Help. That's why we're all so hateful. It's, you know. Anyway, I really appreciate that your app, I have to tell you, it, it's the best 99 cents I've ever spent. I spent a lot more on it. I will buy any app you make. Um, oh, thank It's a you. really wonderful experience. And and we'll see more, hopefully, from you all, correct? We'll see more. We're going to do more. There's okay. going to be more quotes on the app. There's going to okay. be um, more. I will take more from you. I will pay more for more the More podcast episodes. There's it's so much better be... time than spent on Twitter. I can't even tell you. Although sometimes Twitter is very funny. They had a whole thing. I mean, Christy Teigen on the hamster is completely life-affirming on so, in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Follow I, Christy Teigen. You'll find some wiseness there. Yeah, I'm not a—I will. Okay. I'm not a she total— She discusses spaghetti, and it's hysterical. It's just like—it's a wonderful app, and she's wonderful at, at doing it. Sorry. Some people on Twitter are very useful. I agree. I'm I'm on Twitter. I really enjoy it too. I just like, you know, to have it be on my terms. Yes, exactly. Being control of it. Because it is meant to be addictive. Mm -hmm. It's designed that way. Anyway, this is not addictive. This is a wonderful app. It's called We Croak. We're here with one of the co-founders, Hansa Bergwall. Uh, Again, I recommend you download it. Every day the app sends you five invitations to think about and uh, to stop and think about death. And let me tell you, it's the most fun I have had with any app of, of any that I've had. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks for listening. You can also find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. Hansa, where do people find you online? It's at WeCroak, right? Yeah, at WeCroak app is oh, the, app, right. the thing. Also, uh, at Buzz Nature is my personal account. You okay, can at both Buzz Nature. Like anyway, want. you can get it there. And they also, you got, they're very, you're very funny on Twitter, too. You always respond to people yeah, um, yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway, now that you're done with this, go check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thanks to you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. And thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then. 